Welcome to Chuck and Aardvark versus the Galaxy. I'm Chuck. I'm Aardvark. You are the Galaxy. I'm just going to jump right into it. I saw the movie Alien for the first time. It seems like there's a pattern with you of seeing or reading things way after the fact. Uh, have, you, have you finished Romeo and Juliet yet? No, but because I'm sa- I'm like savoring it. You know what I mean? I'm savoring every page of the Bard's words. Well, that's assuming he wrote it, but that's for another time. So something I noticed while I was watching Alien, I was just very underwhelmed by several aspects of it, honestly. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Ridley Scott as a treasure. Well, he was. He was a treasure um, up until... 1970s Ridley Scott was a national treasure. Not to besmirch the good name of F. Scott's Fitz Ridley, or whatever his name was. I think that one of the uh, most underwhelming twists was the reveal that the dude turns out he's a robot. And I don't think that's Mr. Fitz Ridley's fault. I think it's because that is just that that is what I've come to expect now in sci-fi. It's the Seinfeld effect where like now Seinfeld's not funny because everyone else did Seinfeld. Which and he was funny. I mean, when Seinfeld was just doing Seinfeld, oh my word. That man could make him laugh. Got to admit, I've never seen Seinfeld. So I, I'm I'm just as bad if not worse. You never having seen Seinfeld, I never having finished Romeo and Juliet. We are the same. I'm so confused by the way. I know I'm kind of harping on this, but why haven't you just gone and seen it? Oh, well, I I always read the book before I see the adaptation. I also recently finished the Peter Capaldi era of Doctor Who, and it was the same thing where the companion Bill returns, and then, of course, she turns out to be a robot. It just, at some point, is every single person a robot. Not not to besmirch the good name of F. Stephen Fitzmoffat. What if I told you there was a robot in one of the most beloved IPs in American history, if not human history, that every single person listening to this podcast has seen at least once, probably watched multiple times, and probably has very fond memories of. Mm-hmm. It's Meet the Fockers, isn't it? Well, that's another one, but that's not <laughs> what I'm talking about today. I'm talking, of course, about Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo's a robot. Scooby-Doo is a robot. Yes. Scooby-Doo is a robot. Absolutely. Like, if you actually watch it with that in mind, about what the creators intended... And by the way, everybody, we're not including the new Scooby-Doo, which I'm not saying is bad. We do have to establish our canon... Um, so it's just, it's just, we're just going to talk about the TV show. Is that what you're saying? We are talking about the original 1969 beloved television show, which was a masterpiece and will never be topped. We will also, uh, be including the classic movies in that canon. Uh, everything up to What's New Scooby-Doo. What's New Scooby-Doo was fine, but by that point, everyone who'd ever worked on the show had died. I'm pretty uh-huh. sure. Except for the guy who plays Shaggy. What's his name? Casey Kasem. He's dead now, but I'm pretty sure other than Casey Kasem, everyone who worked on that show, it's like the, the, the Scooby-Doo curse. Where, like, every cast member who worked on it mysteriously died, like, within a few years. Right. Kind of like Poltergeist. Right. Or, like, my family. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, okay. So, so if we're really tackling this idea, so Scooby-Doo's a robot. Of course he is. He is. Everyone knows he is. But in case anyone doesn't know, I think, I think the, like, the question is, if Scooby-Doo's a robot, do they know he's a robot? To, to kind of explain that, I think we need to kind of look at the overview of what Scooby-Doo is. Mm-hmm. There's a very common theory online made by people who, like, the, the obvious, the really obvious stuff. Oh, Scooby-Doo was made during the Vietnam War. Clearly, these four teens are on the run from the draft. They're in a van. They're going across, like, really desolate America. I, I, I Not to be, like, elitist, but I feel like that's, like, beginner stuff, man. <laughs> like, if you think Scooby... If you're like, oh, my God, it was made during the 60s, 
and Shaggy kind of looked like a hippie, and he probably smokes marijuana, that definitely means there's a Vietnam War. And I'm not even saying it's not. If we're saying that these are teens, they are running from the draft, so are we saying that they built Scooby-Doo? Velma clearly built the robot. Mm-hmm. Or at least had a part in it. Now, people ask who Shaggy is. I don't necessarily know in what way. Shaggy is like Scooby's companion, clearly. Mm-hmm. Although, of course, Scooby-Doo is the only robot, and we're presuming that Shaggy is human, I think it's very interesting that they are on the same diet. Well, of course, like, they need to have this, like, human companion for this dog in order for him to blend in, right? Because yes. they don't want people to know he's a robot. So, And then they use the, the Scooby snacks to drug him. My question is then, if that is true, if Scooby snacks are drugs, then why does the robot also eat them? Was Shaggy always an idiot? Because Shaggy seems, like, smart in some ways. That's true. He seems like someone who, like, a year ago was top of his class in med school, and then uh, a combination of too many sleepless nights and too much Ritalin led him to, you know, kind of flare out, burn out, and kind of end up being, like, the dude who now, like, lives, like, with your brother in his apartment. I can think of no one that exemplifies the phrase, what happened to him, more than Shaggy. So Shaggy was a genius. You, well, a genius? Quite a... I think, I think Shaggy was a genius. All of these guys had to be special. Everywhere this group goes, they're being pursued by crazy advanced government forces. I never really thought about that. Are they? I, I would say so, because everywhere they go, there is like there are these really elaborate traps that involve like high tech lasers, involve like, <laughs> crazy mathematics, like involving like mirrored angles. And how could like some random janitor working, <laughs> <laughs> working? No, not to besmirch janitors. F. Scott Fitz janitors. A, a, a janitor working at like a haunted house doesn't have the technology to make, like, a laser show. Especially because they're doing it because they need the money. Right. If they need the money, they spend a crap load of money to make money. What really one of the things that it calls the mind is it makes me think of another science fiction trope, right? Which is the idea of, like, the simulation. Now, I don't think they're inside of, like, a computer simulation, but I do think that there's a lot of, like, contrived situations that they <laughs> wind up in that are definitely being directed by nefarious forces. And it's true, that, it's true that every single time they go to a new location, which is just like, you know, we need to stop for gas. Or like, oh, look at this swamp. Let's go in here. I don't, I don't. Um, <laughs> but every time they go into a new location, usually for a very contrived reason, mm-hmm. there is a ghost story that scares the pants off of Shaggy and Scooby. Okay, so one thing that's really interesting is that whenever they, whenever the the story starts, all of the sort of crazy laser effects. I can keep going back to the laser example. You but love like, lasers. The, you know the the light, the the like lights that are shown through the a smoke prism. Machines. Smoke, smoke machines, machines are expensive, and um, we're like in 2019. I bet they were really expensive in the 1960s. But here's another thing that's really interesting: is like in, especially in those days, like how could these effects possibly be as um, insanely convincing as they are, especially since they always seem way more convincing at the beginning of the episode when they first see the apparition than at the end of the episode when it's sort of like, oh yeah, look, he's he's hanging from wires. You'd think they would have noticed the wires earlier. To me, that makes me feel like there is another factor to their hallucinations. So I'm thinking about the MK Ultra experiments on LSD where they just pour LSD onto, into the water sources, maybe the swamp sources of unsuspecting towns and make people see things that weren't really there. Maybe Scooby and the gang are, being, are going to these towns that are all MK Ultra sites where townspeople are being experimented on. Let's, let's assume, just for simplicity's sake, that Velma is 
the builder of Scooby-Doo. Because we, we're going with Occam's Razor here, like right. simplest explanation. So in the lab that these guys were part of, oh, they were part of it. But not all of them. Do you think, Daph- do you think Daphne and Fred did anything useful? <laughs> I guarantee you, Fred's like a job. I mean, dude, every time. We'll split up, guys. Okay, you're right. We'll put Daphne and Fred aside for the moment. And and I'm we'll... not saying anything against Daphne, but like, I have no reason to believe she was part of this. So we'll say that Shaggy and Velma, they were lab partners for MK Ultra. And the reason I'm saying that is because she obviously has some kind of connection to him or affection for him or why would she keep him around i guess so you think you think that she's keeping fred and daphne as kind of like a shield for her true purpose yes kind of like oh I, we're, we're dodging the draft you know how it is haha and see that see this is why everyone i'm leaving out the garbage that is a pup named scooby-doo or like everything about the show's lore was destroyed they became oh they hang out when they're little kids yeah and, and anything scooby, scooby had a family like like daddy do i'm pretty sure daddy do is real dude Oh, that's so... Daddy-do. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, obviously, we're not taking daddy-do into account. And also, yeah, anything that retcons or says that magic is real, we're just throwing out. Yeah, none of that, uh, none of that, uh, the reluctant werewolf. As you can tell, I've seen a lot of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, reluctant so, or no, there are no werewolves in this theory. When I look at, you know, the, the greatest source for theories, Wikipedia, um, MK Ultra use numerous methods to manipulate people's mental states and alter brain functions, including mm-hmm. the surreptitious administration of drugs and other chemicals, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, and then I'm going to just uh, stop there because it gets really dark. Uh, MK Ultra, what, what were you guys doing? Oh, my yeah. God. Let's keep it funny. Let's keep MK Ultra funny. Yeah, well, I mean, you know that if they were dealing with MK Ultra in the show, they would probably, like, stop at a certain point. Or if they weren't, maybe that's why the executives got involved. Maybe we're like, it's time for torture. And it's like, okay, guys. <laughs> the only torture we'll allow on our kids show is psychological. Um, right. So they almost, th- they almost moral oraled Scooby-Doo. They almost, yeah, they, they were about to. The next season was going to be the one that went real dark. <laughs> like, that was where, like, you know, and they got hints at it. Basically, you saw that they took all of their angry energy and they transferred it into uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. That's why it was so scary. <laughs> They took all of their rage and said, well, you know what? Okay, the monsters are freaking real then. That movie felt very, very like, like a big middle finger, <laughs> didn't it? Like, like, you guys, you know what? Fine. They're all real. They're all real. Cat people. You win. You win. Cat, Cat people and zombies. Cat people. And um, going back to the surreptitious administration of drugs, mm-hmm. you mentioned Scooby Snacks, and we never really touched on that. Yeah. Are Scooby Snacks fuel for Scooby, or are they drugs for Shaggy? I think that the damage that was done to his brain is already been done. I mean, he might have even been lobotomized because that was also a, a thing. I mean, I can't imagine that was possible. If he was lobotomized, he would not have the mental capacity he has. He's he's pretty, you know, he like tells him, I don't want to split up, man. <laughs> You're, right. Like You're right. He was not lobotomized, but he's certainly been irreparably damaged. Oh, yeah. So let's oh, just say, doubt. So what if we just... What if what if the idea of him eating the Scooby Snacks is kind of a red herring? Maybe the Scooby Snacks are for are, are just fuel for for Scooby. They look like dog snacks because they're trying to get the dog to blend in, and, and Shaggy just eats them because because his brain has been broken. So they built this robot. They fled. What is the end game for Velma? If, if Velma's the mastermind here, what does she want? Why is she a good guy? Is she a bad guy? What do you think? If Fred and Daphne. We're just a pair of draft dodgers who just really needed safety. And Velma was a good person. Why would she take these poor people and put them through the same experiment over and over? Really? So really this pivots on, the, on this one question, which is that are they fleeing from MKUltra and she's stolen their robot 
and she's taking her lab partner and they're going from town to town. Maybe she's just trying to like undo some of the damage she did working for them and she's trying to unmask their mm. experiments. That's one option. That's option A. Option B is that she's still working for them. This is all part of the experiment. She's taking the robot to see how, you know, how he tests out in these situations. She's the taking field. she's taking her poor drugged colleague to see how he tests out in the field, like, on all of the stuff that she's given him. And she's bringing these two random draft dodgers along to sort of, as like a control. It has to be the second one. Oh, no. One thing. What is it? Imagine for a second that Velma gives a crap about any human being. That she's not a total, like, sociopath. Okay. Just imagine for a second. All right, let me close my eyes. Why would she give Scooby Snacks to Shaggy? Why would she give the, the thing that's destroying his brain? Why would she say to him, would you do it for a Scooby Snack? She's literally offering an addict his drugs to do things for her. I want you to run, trigger this possibly real monster, because to Shaggy, it's always real. Shaggy thinks it's real. And Velma says, I want you to be the bait. No, if you are the bait, you get a Scooby Snack. Would you do it for two Scooby Snacks? <laughs> and one time, would you do it for a box of Scooby Snacks? Oh, man. She's a monster. There is no universe where Velma knows something that the other characters don't, where she has their best interests at heart. It's impossible. She's taking them into these crazy dangerous situations. Uh, she's certainly causing mental damage. Oh, absolutely. And you're right. Like, the way that she forces Shaggy to, like, prostrate himself for her. <laughs> Jesus I said Christ. prostrate, and I even thought back, did I say prostate? That would explain his reaction. I thought you did for a second. No. Prostrate himself. Like, he's more of a dog to her than her robot. This is, we're just watching these people get put through the ringer by basically, like, a CIA operative. That explains also, it seems weird that every single person that they run into is just totally fine with Scooby. They've not even, like, you know, just the, like, the, you know, the corporates who always say the same line, weirdly enough, the whole, I would have gotten away with it too. Maybe it's all just, like, a controlled environment. So that's the big question is, like, if Velma's taking them everywhere... What is Scooby-Doo's purpose? Why was he built? You, I mean, look at Scooby-Doo now. It's a mess. It is a mess. It's a mess. Scooby-Doo meets WWE star of the rock or whatever. Like, that's every... I can't even deign that. But yes, what is, what is Scooby's... Pretty, that's real, by the way. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Some, something like that is real. They, <laughs> they, they wrestle with the WWE. That is true. <laughs> and it's like a, it's a wrestling ghost. <laughs> okay, what is his purpose? I feel like the only thing that he really does is he makes shaggy feel like this is okay she had a lab partner named shaggy and again maybe she maybe in some weird twisted way she does feel something for him so maybe she built scooby as a gift for shaggy so that so that when he when she as he she puts him through nightmare after nightmare and slowly erodes away at his sense of self at least he has a companion is it possible velma built this for him like as a genuine gesture and then he got addicted to the Scooby Snacks because maybe he decided to try them. The only reason his brain is eroded is because he's been eating these things. And at that point, it's like, you know, maybe she, maybe she, has to feel, she feels a mix of guilt, shame, and anger at what he's done because maybe she wanted to marry him. We'll never really know. So she lets the experiment continue. She lets him get destroyed. But she does keep the robot dog around. She's like, at least my old friend Shaggy doesn't go through this alone and feels like he has a friend. Oh, it seems like a lot of effort for two civilians. Maybe this is happening to like a bunch of people. 
Maybe we're, maybe we're only seeing one of many mystery right. machines. Maybe if we zoom out. Maybe there's like a thousand mystery machines just roaming the countryside. Yep. And most of them probably just have civilians. But this one, this is the one we're following because this is the one that really has... You can't tell a story like this without some sort of like emotional backstory. In fact, the next season was going to start with Velma and Shaggy in the lab. And you'd be like, whoa, whoa, what's happening? Who are these people? Shaggy's hair is like combed back and short. He's got glasses on. He still has that kind of like voice, but it's more like a kind of like nerdy, excited version. Like he's really passionate. And Velma, you know, she's kind of a little flat tone, kind of like Daria, but there's still the sense of like, kind of like kindness. Yeah, I actually heard that uh, briefly, the next season was actually going to start in uh, 12 BC because Damon Lindelof was commissioned to write a script for it. This is weird considering she wasn't born yet, but okay. <laughs> Which brings us to our Damon Lindelof is a mortal theory. <laughs> Which is the theory of this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. okay. All right. <laughs> I think it's time we recap everything. So when MK Ultra first started, there were two scientists among many who kind of, you know, they knew what they were doing was wrong, but they also kind of put it out of their minds because it was for the greater good. And Shaggy and Velma worked in the robotics department. Yes. And it was a, you know, kind of a lover's kind of like... Right, they were going to be married. It was a star-crossed lover situation. Man, I wish there was, there was some kind of famous play that could talk about, like, poignantly encapsulate what a star-crossed lover situation is like. But I've never read a, a play like that. You're in for a treat, man. <laughs> <laughs> you go on. Yeah. They were star-crossed lovers. And as a wedding gift, she built him a personal talking robot dog companion, Scooby-Doo, to hang out with. Right. Complete with a box of, sna- of, of fuel shaped like snacks just to make like the whole dog thing even more immersive. But one night, Shaggy decides he's just going to eat one of the snacks. Just like... Just as a as a I mean, as a who, joke, he's an impulsive man. What uh, what dog eater out there hasn't at least what what dog eater what what dog owner what yeah what what dog owner hasn't tried a dog treat at least once? So he tried it, and my god, the high! And Velma discovers his addiction because over the course of several months, he grows into an increasingly paranoid wreck, and she thinks to herself. Oh crap, if our bosses discover this, that this has happened to him, we're going to lose our funding. They probably will kill them. Right. So rather than pull the plug on the experiment and reveal everything, she decides to incorporate it into her experiment. She says, yes, I've also been uh, testing out this new drug on my partner, and uh, there's some fascinating results. But of course, they're going to say, well, how is this useful to us? And she says... I know you've got a mystery machine program going on where you're basically sending out young people. You're, you're picking up the draft dodgers that no one wants. And you're taking them in these mystery vans, traveling around America. She ends up in... Because I, I don't think all mystery machines are like horror experiences. I think they're all different. Yeah. The, this, this one is based on how does the human mind react to true fear. If they're experimenting on the fight between the fear response and your, your logic brain. And so you're left with this mystery machine comprised of an MK Ultra scientist, her tragic star-crossed companion who she keeps with her because she loves him, but also out of guilt. And she has to keep up the, the appearances. So right, and to, to protect them. Scooby is obviously a robot. He just does whatever Shaggy does. He emulates. They're inseparable companions. Meanwhile, Fred and Daphne, the reason that they're so boring is because they mean nothing to any of them. Um, what is that guy in mythology who rules the, the boulder up the, up the Sisyphus. This is Sisyphus's mystery machine. 
This is Sisyphus's. This is Sisyphus's mystery machine. Oh my gosh! This is Sisyphus's mystery. This is Sisyphus's mystery. It's in a never-ending hellscape where these characters constantly go to new locations, solve mysteries. It's revealed they're false, but they will never know and they will never escape. While Velma, the cursed witness, is forced to watch as her her lover, uh, the only person that she who has ever really known her, both emotionally and physically. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just don't just, know. Just collapse. Just collapse in on himself. And she doesn't even know how much time he has left or how much time her experiment has left, but she's just gonna she's just gonna ride it out. And every episode we get a moment that just kind of shows us just how Velma is lost and she can't see what's ahead of her. The monster approaches, she stumbles, her glasses fall off. She stumbles to the floor. Says, I can't see without my glasses. I can't see. She has no idea what's coming. And in the end, that's why she's the most tragic figure of all. Uh, before we leave, we just have uh, some quick podcast biz to attend to. The annual meetup will be held in Central Park this year. So any of you fans out there listening, be sure to show up at Central Park on May 20th for the great meetup. That's right. Uh, all you denizens uh, show up to Central Park. Um, uh, keep a low profile this year. Uh, the park technically has not invited us back. In the meantime, we're on the lookout for a new place to record our weekly updates. Yes, we have so far been meeting in uh, Charles's basement, which has not been ideal. It's, it's horrifying. We are knee-deep in algae. But you know what? We do it for you. But we don't want to anymore. So uh, if any of you know of like, just like a sweet recording studio deal out there, let us know. In the meantime, we'll, uh, we'll make do. See you next week. You better come back. <laughs>